Welcome back to Shit That Goes On In Our Heads. Trigger warning, this episode talks about domestic violence and childhood trauma. G-Rex and I speak with my cousin Jujubi. She walks us through her story and her personal journey to finding her inner strength. So G-Rex, in this episode, you get to meet more of my family. Yeah, what was, what did you think about this episode? I think it's probably the most serious one we've recorded yet. It it was super deep, but I love the fact that she that Juju B was able to pull out of this and like find her inner strength and like do the tough mutter. That is one of the toughest races out there. And to come out of it and feeling like like joy that she actually was able to complete this and and find her inner peace. Yeah. I am very proud of her and I'm I'm very actually surprised now looking back on this episode that I didn't get emotional because I'm very protective of my family um but I'm just pride pride is like the one word that I have to to hearing her story um she even motivated me right like she's gone through something crazy but was able to find her strength get out there accomplish goals and she's a badass bitch for it Dude, her arms are like incredible. I've never seen arms like that. And I'm like, damn, girl. Like, There's definition there. <laughs> They're not flabby 60 year old arms. They're like, damn, those look good. And now, season two, episode two, The Power of Jujubee. Here's how we do our countdown. Are you ready? Three, two, oh, one. I was going to say, that didn't feel right. I know. It was not. Can we, it was you want to do it normal? Again? I know. Right, ready, 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 ready? Three. Three. Two. Two. One. One. Welcome to another episode of shit that goes on in our heads. Today, I'm going to go ahead and let Dirty Skittles introduce our guest. Today, we have with us Jujubee. Jujubee. Jujubees. Jujubees, yes. <laughs> uh, Jujubees, do you want to give a quick like introduction of like how we know each other? Yes. So Jujubees, it's actually uh, a nickname that I got from my family and Dirty Skittles is my cousin. And I think it was your mom specifically that gave me that nickname, actually. Juju. So, And it stuck around because even my friends call me Juju, Juju Bees. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yes. So Juju Bees, as she mentioned, is my cousin. But more importantly, she is a boss ass bitch Aye. who works out is jacked do you see her muscles bro <laughs> they're hiding yeah, she's man. hiding them right it. now but she's got like <laughs> muscles dog so kind of like a quick like story right like juju and i like we grew up together for the most part yeah we kind of separated ways as either one of our families would move yeah and you know we all had crap going on in our lives and i would try to kind of stay up to date with what was going on but i wasn't like the best most communicative cousin well, when you moved, I mean, that's yeah. understandable, though. That happens. You know, now, like, I get it because I'm older and, like, I've moved. And so it's like it happens. But at that time, like, we were so close and then she was gone. And I was like, 
okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and you're always dealing with my own bullshit, trying to like get my life together. But you know, when we were together, I have very fond memories, like of our time together. This was my younger cousin. Like it was like the sister I didn't have, right? Yeah. Ditto. And so we kind of separated, and I would keep up with her on the occasional story from like my aunt or my mom, or like I would see a picture posted somewhere, and I kind of knew sort of what was going on with her. Right. Um, but I remember. You kind of went off the radar for a while, and then I saw a post of you like, "What do you? I don't want to call it bench pressing. You were squatting, like yes. one of your kids, right? Yeah. Uh huh. <laughs> and I was like, "Well, dang, she like it looked like she was in a basement somewhere. I don't know if that's true. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I was. And she was on like this fitness journey, and I was like, "Oh, that's so cool, right? And then some time goes by, and then I see a picture of her at the Tough Mudder, and like she had transformed, right? Like from this person squatting her son in a basement to like this like almost like gi jane like warrior woman <laughs> i love it climbing out of the mud and i this picture to me it stands out on my mind because it wasn't just like okay it's somebody at tough mutter clearly going through the pain of that experience but her face where i was like oh damn like this like she's going through it right like she is fucking fighting and it just it made such an impression on me. I think I remember showing my mom like, oh, my God, look at Juju. Like, look at this picture. Isn't this crazy? And like we were talking about it. And since then, I mean, you've kind of kept up with posting here and there. You're working out a lot. You've got like a healthy diet, healthy lifestyle. And I know there there's more to it than that. Yeah. Like other than you just want to be healthy. Right. So I'm going to open it up. Share whatever you're comfortable sharing. Sure. We can edit anything out. But what kind of made you start that journey well before we get started i actually have to scratch my ear oh scratch, <laughs> scratch. is that okay it's yeah and it's gonna get it's gonna get sweaty in there okay. bro just so you know a little itchy i'm like i kept thinking about it i'm like i, I have to scratch my ear yeah you can literally do anything apart okay. from like bam okay. slap them. <laughs> so yeah no i have been working out for i want to say almost nine years now um I love it. You know, I definitely have my seasons where I take a break and I just, you know, do whatever feels right, eat however I eat. And then I have my other seasons where, you know, I'm pretty committed and, you know, I stick to the plan. Um, so it's been kind of like just a part of my life, but it actually, so it started obviously about nine years ago. And nine years ago, I had, let's see, how do we get started? So nine years ago, I had left my children's father because he was, he was very, very abusive. Now, I don't know how he is now. I know that he is definitely trying to do better from what I can see. Um, he definitely has changed in some way. So I don't know. I don't want to, you know, put this out there and then make him look a certain way that he probably isn't anymore so i do believe that people can change and um i don't know how he is you know in a relationship so i don't want to i don't want to say anything that's going to make him look bad now because i know we were both totally different people back then so we were in a relationship together for almost 10 years and in those 10 years it was very toxic very abusive um pretty much everything happened from you know domestic violence hitting verbal abuse emotional abuse all that stuff and then I mean I don't really know how to kind of like paint the picture but I'm just gonna go with how you know how it's coming up in my head um so anyways all that happened for about nine and a half almost 10 years and then 
one day a girl that we knew had passed away because her boyfriend had pushed her so hard that she hit her head on the stove and she died. And so then one day the baby dad was at work and he called me and he was like mad about something and he was like, you're going to be the next so-and-so and said her name. And uh, that's when my like the light bulb finally was like, bitch, you got to get the fuck out of there. Like, <laughs> you're done. <laughs> you know, I had left many times, but yeah, I always came back. You know, I always forgave, came back. And, you know, it just happened so many times throughout those 10 years. I would leave. I'd come back. I would say I'm done. And I'd come back. And then but that particular day, I'm so terrified of death to this day. Like, I don't want to ever die. But <laughs> <laughs> so when he said that to me, I was like, oh, hell no. So I just grabbed what I could. And I left. I went to my parents' house. I knew he would never come and try to get me if I was at my parents' house. So I went there and time went on. I didn't, you know, I made it really clear that like I didn't want to be with him anymore. My parents helped me like get a restraining order and any communication kind of went through them. So they really helped me when it came to like not communicating with him at all. Um, So that helped. Um, Time also went on a little bit where I started to have those same feelings of, you know, maybe maybe I'm not doing it right. Maybe he is going to change. Because, of course, whenever he could communicate with me, it would be like, I'm so sorry. I love you. Like, you know, forgive me, blah, blah, blah. And so I would start to feel bad. And I'm like, oh, you know, maybe I'm not doing it right. The kids, the family, blah, blah, blah. And then so in that moment, like I was telling you earlier, I was sitting down at work and I was like, okay, so am I going to like give him another chance? I had like that angel and the devil or like, you know, the badass and then the good girl. And then the other side of me was was like, bitch, you are not. You will never go back. Like, don't you dare. And so I was like, okay, well, then I need something that's like symbolic enough to me to like remember my purpose. And that's when I had the idea of like getting a tattoo of like an anchor on my wrist, which was kind of symbolic to me in the sense of like anchors are really strong and they hold it down Mm -hmm. and they don't move. They like just stay there. You know, they keep their purpose, like what they're supposed to do. So I was literally at work and I went to my boss and I was like, hey, uh, I don't feel good. I got to go. And that was because in that moment, I knew if I didn't do it in that moment when I was thinking of it, like it just wasn't going to happen and I likely was going to go back. So went, got the tattoo. When I walked out the tattoo shop, it was like something just came over me and I completely was a new person. So I remembered, you know, stay strong. That was my whole thought. So time goes on, you know, I'm getting used to like living with my parents again, you know, just being a single mom, taking care of the kids. I'm kind of getting used to that. And then I'm like, okay, well, I kind of want to I want to go to the gym. I want to do something different. You know, I'm still only I think I was 25 at that time. I'm like, I'm 25. Like, I just want to do something. So I start going to the gym. I'm like just doing cardio because I don't know anything else. I'm going doing cardio. There was a shop next to my gym that was like a boot camp. And they also sold smoothie shakes. So I would always go in there and get like smoothie or protein shakes. And I would see in the back of the shop their um, boot camp class. And I was like, wow, that looks really good. And I would see all these strong girls. And I'm like, damn, I want to be like that. Like, they, that looks good. Like, they just, it was like powerful when I was watching it. Mm. So um, I signed up for one of their classes. I took a class. And then after that one class, I fell in love because they were like teaching me how to like lift weights and how to do certain things. And I felt really, really strong. And I was like, damn. I didn't know that like I could lift this much. So I kept going. And then once I was there for a couple of months, they um, were talking about the Tough Mudder. They were like, oh, you should join the Tough Mudder. Like, it'd be great, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I have no idea what the fuck that is, but I'll do it. You know, everyone else is going to do it. Why not? I can do anything now. Now I'm no longer with this guy. So I can do whatever I want. So I did. And I signed up and um, 
I trained really, really hard. It was actually a Tough Mudder race in Vermont, and it was their biggest Tough Mudder that was uh, 20-something miles long, and it was like up Mount, Mount something. I really don't even remember the name of it. It was so long ago. And it was a tough, tough mutter. I guess yeah. that's the name of it, tough mutter. <laughs> they were like, <laughs> that shit was tough. They're listening. They're like, mission accomplished. Right, right. <laughs> hey, if you want to, you know, advertisement over here, but let me get something in return. But um, so, and then it dawned on me that day when I was getting ready, I got my number, I had my pictures taken. And then I realized like I had like uh, the app Time Hop and on Time Hop had came up um, a picture that I had taken on the day that I left the kid's dad. And I was like, oh, shit, like today, one year ago was the day that I left him. So the day that I left him, I was at my weakest point. And then the day Tough Mudder, it was exactly one year. And that was like such a powerful moment because I was like, wow, like, look at how far I've came. Yeah. So and then the rest was history. I completed Tough Mudder with a really great group. It was a lot of fun. And then I just kind of stayed committed after that. You know, it just helped me feel really powerful and it just, I met a lot of people. I met my boyfriend through Tough Mudder. So it's been really good. Damn. That was a lot. How crazy. That, <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, it's, it's so, it, it's so crazy to see without even noticing it, right? Like without doing it intentionally, like without setting it up, naturally your fate took you to transforming you from completely, you know, at your, what you said, weakest yeah. to now at your strongest. And you had been you had been on that path without even knowing it. Right. And yeah. getting that instant gratification, well, not instant gratification, I suppose it probably took a lot of yeah. <laughs> time and work, but getting there. Yeah, I just knew that I wanted to like, I didn't want to feel weak anymore. Yeah. So that was it. Like, I didn't want to feel weak. Yeah. So I did something to help me feel strong. And then, and I did. I felt it definitely made me feel strong mentally, yeah. physically. So that was good. Damn. Yeah. So, Juju, I have a question for you. During that time, like when you were in the race in the Tough Mudder, did you ever have like the feelings of like fight or flight to help you get through some of the tough parts of that race? Absolutely. The fight for sure. And and everything, actually, even like to this day when I'm doing cardio and I hate cardio, I literally think in my head like, no, bitch, like fight, like fight this shit out. Like imagine zombies are chasing after you and just fucking fight. Like everything I do is I feel like that is my initial reaction. It is fight for sure. Do you yeah. think that you've always had that or do you think that that was learned from your trauma? Um, Let me see. I think it was always fight, but I feel like when I was with their dad, it was like if I fought, you know, if I tried to like fight it, it was just going to be worse. But in my mm. head, I knew that like this wasn't right and I could totally stop it. But I knew that it would probably be worse if I didn't, you know, I could I just like let it happen, let him get over it and then it'll be fine. You know what I mean? Mm. But I felt like I always had like that motivation in me to like do more than what I was doing. Yeah. yeah. After the race, like what was your, what's the first thing that came to your mind after you finished that race? Was it accomplishment? Was it, I, I can't find the words that I'm yeah, looking I for. Yeah, I felt proud. I was super, it was like, holy shit, I did that. Like, Freedom. wow. Because there was so many obstacles like that we had to go through and like, jump into this 15 foot high um like ladder that they had and then you had to jump into this water and i don't know how to swim and everyone's like cheering me on like just do it just do it and i'm like oh my god i don't know i don't know if i can there was this girl next to me she's like just fucking jump and i was like okay and i jumped in and then like after 
after every obstacle, I was like, wow, I did that. Wow, I did that. And so at the end, I was like, holy shit, like you literally can do anything as long as like you have that mindset of like, yeah, I can do it. And if you do it, great. If you can't, at least you tried. So I definitely had I I left that race feeling amazing. Yeah. Damn, dude. I I wish I had that (laughs) that motivation, I guess. Yeah sort of get in there i mean i try i mean sometimes sometimes things just like push you into you know not even purposely trying to get motivated it just pushes you into something that you just end up doing i don't know it's weird it's like for example like i you know knew that i wanted to stay within like the fitness type of world um but i love to eat so i'm like (laughs) i you know i can't you know, you can't out exercise or what is it? You can't exercise out a bad diet. I don't know how that saying goes, but I was like, but there's all these things that I love to eat. So like, what can I do? So then I just found other ways to make those meals, but like in a healthier way. So it's almost like anything that you want, you can kind of push yourself into it and finding like a way to make it even better, I guess. I don't yeah. know if I'm like using the right words, but or if it's like the the fireball just like starting to come up and so starting to like <laughs> use yeah, all these sorry, words and <laughs> we definitely did a shot of fireball it was actually one and a half shots of fireball because yeah. we had some extra so. <laughs> <laughs> um okay so you started working out you find your journey you find your strength you accomplish tough mutter yeah you meet the person you're with now yeah life is going good do you feel you're at a really healthy state now compared to where you were before? Oh, for sure. Absolutely. Is there anything that like you think back upon that you would have done differently? Or if you could go back and tell yourself something that would have made a difference then, is there anything or do you feel like you had to go through? I feel those? like I absolutely had to go through all of this. I feel like if I would have done something different at any point i wouldn't be where i am now and i really love where i am right now like me and my partner have done so so good and like our communication and just our relationship and our bond is so strong that i feel and we had to like work on that too because i brought a lot of like traits from my past relationship like a lot of jealousy and insecurity and stuff like that i brought that into my current relationship so that was something that he was actually even like, I don't think he purposely was willing to go through that, but like he saw something else in me that made him stay. So he was really, really good about being open and talking to me about, dude, you're being really insecure for what reason? Like, what's going on? So that was a way for me to like self-evaluate too, to be like, what? why am I so fucking insecure right now? Like, what's wrong with me? Yeah. So I feel like if I wouldn't have gone through everything, I wouldn't have like now be where I am, where I like think about, my past and like how that made me feel and then in a way like oh my god it's so hard to put that into words so i would i don't feel like i would be where i am now if i didn't go through what i was because all that i went through taught me a lot of lessons along the way and then so like now it's almost like i don't know i learned through everything like everything that i go through now i just learned from it it's reminding me of like one of my favorite quotes i think i saw it on pinterest so like i have no idea who actually said this but it was like a little board on pinterest like the inspirational board and it said i love the woman i am today because i fought to become her yeah for sure And i think that's there's truth to that like you're you love who you are because you went through that fight yeah. that battle that yeah. struggle to be where you are today um okay so you're kind of like, I get it, right? Like no regrets. Like you had to do that to be this person and you're fully embracing who you are now. 
um, you mentioned that you and this other person had children together. Mm-hmm. Um, how how do you see where they are now? Like, do you see any difference in who they mm-hmm. are today because of what happened? Do they see anything? Like, oh yeah, so for sure, my oldest. Oh, I love him so much, and he absolutely saw so much. And poor thing, like. So and I know I'm not the only one. I know a lot of, you know, women that have gone through these type of situations that I've even talked to have shared like similar stories. So, for example, you know, he would see when certain things would happen. And I would say and if I let's say I had a bruise, I'd be like, you know, just don't say anything like don't if anyone asks, just let me answer. Or if they ask you in private, I don't know, just say I don't know. Or mom just hit her arm on the wall or something like that. You know what I mean? So poor thing. Like, I feel so bad. He covered for me. He lied for me. He saw so much. And so now he's very like, um, well, one, he's an introvert, which I think that a lot, a lot of people are introverted, but like he doesn't, it's hard for him to express himself. It's hard for him to, you know, really talk. So I know that like what he saw and what he witnessed has affected him now because of who he is and just how he acts and his the way that he expresses himself i know he he protects his own heart in a way um i think it's because he just doesn't trust others because of what he saw versus my little one who i left their dad when he was about three or four so still super young and then he's been around my new partner pretty much ever since he's super outgoing like loves to try new things he's not scared to you know talk to people and he loves to just have new experiences so totally different one that was like sheltered and in this house where all this chaotic like domestic violence was happening so now he's very like closed in and then the other one who's been around like this free spirit and is just having such a great time he's very much like embodies that he's very happy free spirited and just wants to like be surrounded by like people and happiness Mm -hmm. and stuff so totally different and really quick, just to sort of give a timeline, you've been out of this relationship for how long? For n- almost 10 years. So I was in it for nine and a half, and it's been almost 10 years since we've left, since nice. I left. Yeah. Nice. So that's just cool. About, yeah. So, Juju, I have a question. Is your oldest very, uh, very protective of you? He used to be very protective. Now that he's 17, he's like doing his own thing, has his own friends. And so I, I, you know, I haven't been in a situation where I don't think he feels like he has to protect me. So I couldn't really answer that like for him now. But he definitely even when I left their dad and it was just me and the kids, he was very protective. So like when my new partner came around, he was very much like, who the hell are you? Like, this is my mom. Like, go somewhere. <laughs> mm-hmm. But now I think that he's also like, you know, just been growing up in this new household where it's like my mom is fine she's safe there's nothing really happening i don't have to protect her so i think you know he definitely used to be a protector and now he's just kind of like "Mm, she's good dang and then something you said earlier on when you met your new partner as you were kind of getting to know each other you Mm -hmm. were noticing traits from your past relationship kind of like peeking out Mm -hmm. i wanted to ask were those traits that like your previous partner displayed or were they traits that like you learned to just develop in the relationship like where did they come from like the jealousy and security and stuff i have no idea (laughs) (laughs) so so my kid's father was my first boyfriend he was my first boyfriend and then you know i was with him for so long and he was super jealous like i I couldn't even wear like mascara like just so jealous so then when i left him you know 
a year later, I met my new partner and then he was just the complete opposite, like life of the party, could make friends with the wall. He just had such a like open heart and he was just completely different. And I love that about him. But then like after a year into the relationship, you know, that was still him. And I'm like, okay, you can tone it down now. Like now you got me. You don't need to keep showing off. And he's like, what are you talking about? Like, this is me. This is who I am. And so then, of course, I started to get a little like insecure because I'm like, wait, you know, this is who he was when, you know, when we met each other. So like, was he doing that then? Because he wanted attention from like somebody like me to like meet him and now he's still doing it. So is he still trying to get attention? So in my head, I started to get up there and like, okay, so he might be looking for attention or maybe it's this or maybe it's that. So I would get jealous and insecure instead of just recognizing that um, he's just himself. Like that's just who he is. That's his personality. And, you know, I can't change that. Um, So for sure, I don't know where the feelings came from. I want to say it's because I didn't know any other way. Yeah, I didn't know any other way of how to be in a relationship. So it was, you know, that's how I started to become. I became the toxic one. I became the the jealous one and insecure and poor thing. I look back and I feel so bad. I can't believe he even stayed with me for that long because, you know, now that we're like on the same page, finally, it's like, damn, you really stayed like you didn't have to stay. I had these two kids like you. You had no kids. You could have left. He had his own apartment. He, he I don't know what I, I was doing something right. because. <laughs> He stayed around. Well, it's because you're an amazing person. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's why. Thank you. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, you had that moment, right? You had a friend, you said, who met the ultimate, you know, sad ending of this. And you'd be damned if you right. followed that, mm-hmm. that same path. Um, and this is coming from somebody who, like, naturally, like, if I feel threatened or if somebody I love is being threatened, I go straight to anger. Mm-hmm that's my own baggage that i have to deal with (laughs) but is it because like was that your trigger to walk away because that was like your ultimate fear Mm. like why was that i guess the final push for you versus i'm a great human being yeah i don't deserve this i think um so i i think because i had realized like so much time had went by and i'm still here in this relationship and it's not changing i kept kind of hoping for like I hope he cheats on me and I like find out Then I have a really good reason. Like I kept waiting for a really mm. good fucking reason. And then when he said those words to me, I was like, hell no. I was like, this is the best reason. Like, get out. Like, I didn't yeah. think like, oh, I'm a good person. I don't deserve this. You know, I just thought like he has issues that he needs to work on and I want to help him get through that so we can have our happy family, you know, but then time just kept going on and nothing was changing that I was like, OK, I, I felt like I needed a better reason to leave other than just I'm a good person. I, now obviously i'm yeah. like dumbass but no no i felt like i needed um a reason it was yeah weird. and that's yeah. why i hesitated to ask that question because i don't want you to think that like i'm you know questioning what the fuck like no, no. that was my mom what why oh. the fuck are you still with him he's ugly anyway oh damn <laughs> <laughs> mama like, mamas know how to cut deep sometimes yeah, you she's know like, why the yeah fuck they are do you with him She's like, you better leave yeah, poor thing my mom definitely struggled you know watching as an outsider like you know still she's still with him and like you know she knew she was not stupid whenever she saw something like going on with me like a bruise or something she's like i already know i don't even know why you're still with him you know she would just make comments and i'm like no that's not what happened and she'd give me that look like moms just know yeah yeah and and that's a part that like i think i struggle with because 
you know, I don't remember where I was in my life or state even for that matter when I kind of heard that there might be something going on. And again, like I mentioned before, my immediate reaction is anger. Like I'm going to fucking beat somebody's ass, even though like, could I have? No, but <laughs> mentally I'm beating everybody's ass. Right, same. <laughs> but um, I remember telling my parents like, we need to get down there. Like, what the fuck? Like, we need to get down there. We need to like rescue this person, like mm-hmm. get her out of the situation. And like, even thinking about having you talk about it today, like that's kind of like, you know, that protective mode, but. I don't know that it would have been like you said what you needed yeah. to actually make that decision for yourself like somebody just coming and swooping you out. Like, no, I my just... parents even moved downstairs from me. They had got an apartment. So this is how it went. We uh when I graduated high school my parents decided to move to North Carolina. I was with the kids dad and so we all just kind of moved with my parents because I'm like they're like the they help me the most. Like I'm moving with them and so he moved too. It didn't work out in North Carolina, so we moved back up to Rhode Island. So my parents were like, no, we're going to move back up too. And so my mom knew that we were looking for an apartment. So she's like, oh, there's this apartment that I heard of. And I was like, oh, great. And then like right away, my application was accepted. I got the apartment like right away. I was like, that was too easy. But it turns out it's because it was her friend's apartment. And my mom had already established that she was going to move into the building below, like the apartment below, because she wanted to keep an eye on me. So even my mom living just below me was not enough for me to like, leave you know for me to feel safe enough to go because things still happen even while she was you know living downstairs like I remember one time her and my dad heard me and kids dad um like fighting and my mom came running up the stairs barged through the door and she saw him on top of me you know hurting me and she was uh she he let go of me so fast and I just remember my mom in his face like screaming and she's like and in my head i was like but wait but what if he does something to you and she was like he won't fucking touch me and he's right he didn't do anything to her he was it was like just to me he was you know scared of everybody else but um so even my mom just living below me didn't change anything yeah so it was really something that like i had to be ready for and my mom you know she had support too like she had people that told her when she's ready, she's going to leave. Yeah. Like you you really can't force someone out of it. Right. And it's so true because I've even known people where I'm like, when you're ready, you're going to know. Like you're going to leave when you know you're ready. No one, there's nothing anyone can tell you that you don't already know. Like you already know, like, yeah, this isn't, this isn't right. But like, it's not until you feel ready to go that you're going to go. Yeah. Damn. Damn. And I have to say for the record, your mom I don't even know if I've told her this, like through my stuff that I've had to work out, your mom, I think, was the first woman I ever met that was like a like, I'm a badass woman, like I'm Mm -hmm. in charge. I do this. I'm independent. I'm that person. So I can believe very much that your mom would go in there and be like, come at me, bro. (laughs) Like, yeah, she's very much. That's exactly what she did. She like gave him the head up. She's like, what? (laughs) What are you going to (laughs) do? Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. Do you have a question? Because I I feel like I'm just like, going off. No, I, I just had a question about like when you go to the gym. Mm-hmm. Um do you find that like when you're at the gym, does your head just like stop and you're just focusing on on the task at hand? <laughs> I'm so nosy when I go to the gym. I think because I've been <laughs> going to the gym for so long that like I just know like I'm gonna go in that I'm still gonna do my workout, but I'm literally in between sets just staring at everyone. I'm like, I wonder what their life is like. <laughs> what are they talking about? Like my ADHD just gets the best of me and I'm like, I think those two they definitely get it in like (laughs) my brain just like gets distracted I I go I do my work and when I'm in my sets I feel like 
it's just beast mode. Like I'm just ready to just kill it. But then in between sets and that breather, I'm like, hmm, what are they doing? They're on their phone for too long. Like I'm just <laughs> going off about something else in my head. <laughs> Dude, that's so funny. Now now I have more of like insecurities going because now I'm like, is there is there a juju bee in here thinking about like, why is this girl in here? Because let me tell you, the gyms or the weightlifting place I went to in Atlanta, I was the only person that looked like me rolling up in there. So, oh man. I, um, it's funny because I actually put like a poll on my Instagram and I was like, when you're in between sets, do you like watch other people or do you just like stick to yourself and like what you're what you're doing and it was like 90 percent of people were saying they just mind their own business and oh, i was like oh damn okay. i was like damn i guess i'm just nosy <laughs> <laughs> there's something you said earlier that you don't know if this person is still the person that you knew back right. then so yeah. you don't it sounded like and, and let me know if it's true that you don't hold any grudge against him Mm -mm. is that true i don't um no because one i feel like if it wasn't for that relationship i wouldn't be where i am now and then two i know that he had his own demons to fight even from when he was younger from before he met me he grew up in a very toxic environment and that's all he knew growing up so and i knew that like when we first met he was not like that he was very very loving very very sweet which is what made me of course like you know want to be with him um and then i don't know what switched and how he became how who he became um but i don't think that that's him i think that was just our situation we were both 16 17 both working like full time going to school had a, a kid um you know trying to just make it work on our own you know show everyone that like we you know that we're beating all odds you know we're 16 17 but we have our own place we have our own job like you see like we could do it and i think it just got became too much and he became the person that he was in that relationship but i don't think i mean i don't know if that's who he is in other relationships so i don't want to judge him on like who he is today um that's just who he was when i knew him now we just communicate when we have to and that's rarely so yeah i mean that's huge that's huge growth like when when you left him, did you end up going to like um, domestic violence support groups or was it just the help of your parents helping you get past all that? And I'm sorry if that's a little too personal. No, that's no, I'm good. Um, I didn't go to any support groups. I actually worked for a community. So for a community, I almost said the name of it. Remember yeah, earlier, yeah, I was like, yeah. I don't remember the name of it. And it came and the- to me like right away <laughs> for um, a community based program from where the state that I used to live. And I, sh- I actually had a group of girls that I talked to about domestic violence and like told my story to them. It was just one time that it, that I was, you know, in that group and told my story. Um, so I think that helped me release it a little bit. And um, I would journal. So I would like just write. And that helped me for sure. I didn't I my mom would even try to talk to me about it. And I just did not feel comfortable talking to her about it to this day. I won't talk to her as much about it. I'll answer some questions here and there maybe. But I it's just something that I don't feel comfortable talking to her about it. And it's, I don't even know why. I think it's just like I don't want her to know that her baby went through something like that. Yeah. Even though I'm kind of over it. Like it's not something that yeah. like sticks with me day to day where I'm like, you know, oh, my God, like this happened to me. It's not a crutch. Um, But yeah, I think just kind of internally I dealt with it and I was and I got over it because I realized like one I'm alive you know nothing major happened to me two I have a great life right now like I'm really happy and I have a really great partner so it's like I don't want to dwell on what happened because this is where I am now and I'm happy with what happened 
you know, because now this is right. who I am. Yeah, yeah. It led you to where you are. Yeah. 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 There's something my therapist once told me that actually hearing you tell your story is like I hear her in the back of my mind. So I'm gonna have to let her know today at five. <laughs> um, but she told me you don't always have to relive trauma to get past it. Right. Like you don't always have the thought that like you have to retell the worst thing that's ever happened to you to finally yeah. find closure or yeah like confront that part of your past you don't always have to do that yeah and some people do some people want to tell their story and want to like just get it out Mm -hmm. for me it was just in my head too i was just like you know what like i'm still alive there's worse shit happening like i'm done it's over with it's in the past that's similar to what crazy eight said when we when we had him on i go back and listen to that episode at least once a week what was it that he said (sighs) go ahead it's um, it's all about like reliving the the past because mm-hmm. you can't change it, yeah. and just moving on, yeah, moving on with your day. So mm-hmm. it's something that re- it sticks with me like on a daily basis because I will never go back to where I was in yeah. January. I'm just going to keep pushing forward. Yeah, and I think that that was at least huge for me and my personal journey was knowing that I didn't have to relive my past. Like I think. For whatever reason, when I thought of therapy and moving past trauma and finding closure and stuff, I thought I had to go back there mentally and like go through the whole thing to be fine. And so that was like a very like eye opening moment to know that you don't have to do that. Like you can find, you know, your triggers or like Mm -hmm. hang ups that you have or like past learned behavior that you want to change and better for yourself and not have to tell like, you know, go through that past again. So, um. For me, I mean, listening to your story and even so before actually us having the actual conversation about it, I think I always suspected that that was why you were working out was to be strong. Mm -hmm. So to hear you say like, yeah, I wanted to be strong. I wanted to be those those women that I saw Mm -hmm. that were just jacked and holding up muscles and bossing it out. And, you know, we talked ahead of time just to kind of figure out what we were okay saying. And I did ask you a question like, was there ever a moment after working out and building these muscles that you, besides, you know, reaching like me a, sound so jacked? I mean, <laughs> ma'am, have you seen your, have you, have seen, you seen your, your thighs? They're pretty jacked. Well, her thighs are like, barrel. They're, they're, they're nice. Um, Thank you. <laughs> but was there a moment besides like reaching like a personal record in the gym, like in your actual life where you realize, ah, oh, I am strong? I think honestly, this year. It's so weird because it's like, wow, you went through all that and it's not up until now that you feel that way. But yeah, like so many things came into play. It was, you know, the relationship that I was in with the kid's dad and then, you know, trying to figure out this new relationship and, you know, just trying to learn how to not only, you know, trust everyone because I didn't trust anyone, not only him, but like not even my mom. I didn't trust anybody. So trying to learn how to, you know, get past that and then having kids that were going through teenage stages. So there was like a lot of stuff happening just all at once. It felt like every day there was something going on. So this year, I want to say um, is when I feel like things are calm. I feel really good. I feel really confident. I feel really secure. Um and I feel like that's, I mean, I don't even remember your question anymore, but <laughs> <laughs> if there was a moment you were like, I'm strong. Yeah. And so this yeah. is it. Like, this is where I feel very self-aware. And I like, you know, whenever I start to have like, even just the slightest thought, um, I correct myself and I'm like, okay, that's not it. Like, this is it. Like, stay focused. So I feel like this is the year where I'm feeling like my best so far. Yeah. 
Nice. Her strongest. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, I have one last que- question. I almost said question. Um, one last question. You need to quench your. I know. I need to you need to quench your thirst. Yeah, but I'll I'll toss it over to you, Drex. I know I've been talking a bunch. Well, I I just really appreciate you sharing your story and your journey. Um, it, it it's such an important story and journey to share, and I really appreciate you. You know, being <laughs> being vulnerable and like letting others listen to what you've gone through and. And hopefully it'll help somebody else that's kind of going through the same thing. Yeah. Um, it, it, you're really brave. Thank and you. And I, I'm very appreciative for your um, coming. And I'm getting a little emotional. Um, <laughs> but I, I really appreciate you um, coming and sharing with us. Thank you. Yeah, you know, um, domestic violence, I mean, can happen to anyone. It can happen to the man. Like the man could be the one being abused. You know, but I feel like now there's so many resources out there and technology and there's just so much out there for people to, you know, I say that, but at the same time, there was when I was out there, you know, there was technology, there was resources, there were people, um, but you kind of put yourself into this like little shell, like you're just in your own little world and it does suck because you almost, like I said earlier, like most people don't leave until they know that they're ready or until something happens that forces them to leave. Like I was doing, um... I was like an assistant to a social worker and we went into a home where the uh, mother, her kids were taken away because the dad, they they were having, you know, physical fights and not that the mom was doing anything wrong, but she was just allowing it to happen. And her kids were taken away and put into, you know, a group home until the mom settled herself. And I was like, holy shit, that could have been me because that was me. Like I literally was having physical fights and my kid was there and he saw it happening. And I was like, thank fucking God. But yeah. there, it does. It's such an unfortunate, you know, thing because women die, people go into prison, kids have trauma that they carry with themselves, you know, forever, and it's just really, really unfortunate. So, you know, I don't wish it on anyone, and I hope that this is something that you know over time just stops. Yeah, people don't have to deal with it anymore. You know. Yeah, that's huge. That's important for anybody who's listening that knows somebody or you know, God forbid, is dealing with, dealing with it themselves to to look out there for resources when they need the help and yeah, and to find what they need. Mm-hmm. Um, the last question I had for you, which might be a little hard to answer, is do you have any advice or positive words to say to somebody who's looking to find their own personal strength? Mm. <laughs> um, I guess just in, like, take a think about who you want to be in the future, like who you see yourself being. And if that's not who you are today, then what can you do to be that person? I love that. That's great. Advice. I love that. That's such great advice. If you or someone you know is experiencing domestic violence, help is available 24-7. Call 1-800-799-7233 or you can even text START at 88 88- Seven eight eight. It's okay to be not okay. Just make sure you're talking to someone.